0: Good day to you and your beautiful families. Thanks for listening to Wager Rager. This is D-Nice. Recording this bright and early. Actually, it's not so bright. On Saturday morning, Saturday before the championship games, heading up to Manhattan to hang out with DUI, who you heard yesterday giving his breakdown for UFC 246. Looking forward to watching that tonight. I will admit that I am not the biggest UFC guy, but I'm starting to get into it more and more. The purpose of this podcast, and it really needs to be quick though, because I need to leave for New York. I need to get going here. So I'm talking like sometimes I talk that it's going to be quick and we go 30, 40 minutes. This is going to be like 10, 15 minutes in and out. But I wanted to give some of my breakdowns and some of my overall thoughts and even some bets that either I've made or that I'm going to make here for the championship games. So it shouldn't take too long. There's only two games Everybody knows who's playing, San Fran and Green Bay, Kansas City, Tennessee. Everybody knows who should win this game, who's expected to win these games. I mean, we're looking at two touchdown plus favorites in the championship game. I'd actually be curious to know the last time, the last time that we had two teams that were favored by a touchdown or more in the championship game. Something that uh maybe I'll look up in the next day, but it doesn't really fucking matter cuz the numbers are the numbers here, right? So, a little bit about the championship games here. One, the home team is 10-2 straight up since 2013. Um, 10-2, I believe, against the spread. No, it's 10-2 straight up. 10-2 straight up, and the only two wins actually happened both last year. Kansas City fell to the Patriots in overtime, and then, of course, we know what happened between the Rams and the Saints. The Rams and the Saints, that was a game that um, I saw a little bit. I was actually on a uh, small boat that fit eight people in the British Virgin Islands, and we were able to stream some of that game. I saw a lot of the first half. The second half was a little bit uh, sketchy here and there, and I wasn't able to see any of the late games. So I'm not going to complain, great vacation, but I I am 100% happy to be able to watch these games here on uh, Championship Sunday. Anyways, What we have here and the way that I started out this week is I said, all right, take a look at this and let's start with San Fran and Green Bay. And if this pod and if this audio is a little bit all over the place, it's because I woke up. I was like, I got to get this done. I have limited notes. I've got my laptop in the basement. If you hear cats behind me, it's because they're confused. I'm never up this early, like 545 in the morning. But the way that I started out, as I said, San Fran and Green Bay. we, We know that they played already, right? San Fran crushed Green Bay. The number at seven, seven and a half, given that it's Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers when he's an underdog i mean how often do we see him as a touchdown plus underdog not that often right my first thought was that this number was a little bit long meaning that at at first glance last sunday monday tuesday before even thinking and digging a little bit more i said you know what give me green bay with the points some stats that go with green bay and you can find some stats that go with green bay they actually finished the year believe it or not first in pass block win rate. So they're actually first in the NFL with that. So their pass blocking is is better than what I expected. It makes sense looking back. I mean, we know that the Packers have a good script, but we also know that Rodgers, and you can look back last week too, Rodgers had all day to pass. I mean, Rodgers was was just he he had all day to pass. And you look at a lot of games this year. He's he's had a lot of time to pass. So that kind of um, falls in a favor for the Packers. Something, and this is not always something that I that I look at and say, I, I need to bet this line because of past stats, but Aaron Rodgers as a field goal underdog in the playoffs, while he's one in five straight up, he is three and two against the spread. And the last time that that, occurred was uh, Packers Falcons back in 2017. I guess they did cover the spread. Actually, I'm talking out of my ass I told you it was going to be a little bit all over the place. That was a loss in the championship game. They hundred percent did not cover that spread 44 to 21. They lost the time before that. Oh, okay. The round before that, I think we all remember this game. Cowboys strolled into a first round by Cowboys were favored by, was this a three point spread right here? three-point spread. So Rodgers was a three-point underdog. They ended up winning that game at Dallas 34-31. That was actually a pretty awesome game. I was living in Wisconsin at the time. Everybody was very excited. But uh, that was three years ago, and that was a different vintage, a different version of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's he's still good. He can still make those third-down throws. But I mean... We, we've seen some wear and tear. I mean, you don't need to think too far back. You can think back to week 17. I mean, he was missing throws against the Lions. I mean, I think we're going to see that. I think that we're going to see that on Sunday. Some other things that may go for and may lean towards the Packers in this spot. Jimmy G, he didn't look that good last weekend. He looked like a first-time playoff quarterback. Uh, his stats were not very good. He was throwing into coverage. I remember the one time he was throwing into double coverage. Interception was dropped. Um, the Niners controlled that game. The Niners won that game. They covered the spread against Minnesota. But, I mean, Minnesota didn't do anything that well at all, actually. Minnesota did not have a creative game plan, did not have a creative script. <clears throat> they looked pretty damn bad. So. Jimmy G, uh, while it's going to be his second start, I think he'll be a little bit more comfortable. Kyle Shanahan knows his strengths and weaknesses, and when he saw Jimmy G start to struggle last week, he ran the ball. I mean, that one drive, they ran the ball eight consecutive times. They pounded the ball down the Vikings' throat. So that is going to happen as well. You can run on the Packers. I mean, they're, they're not their rankings aren't in the bottom of the league like Seattle was last week. We We know that you can run – on them, but, uh, they're, they're not great in terms of uh, rushing success rate on defense. So if the Niners see that Jimmy G is getting into trouble early, look for the ground game. So I'm not going to recommend any rushing props because there's so many guys, there's, there's just so many people on the Niners that run the ball. And, and so many people that, you know, get, get of the ball, just, just looking at their matchup from back in week 10, And this is the Packers' last loss. So let's get back into Week 10. 37-8, we all know that the Niners blew the doors off of them. The Niners have handled teams the first time around very well. If you look at the second time around, Jared Goff, he actually had pretty damn good numbers against the Niners and the Rams. I think that was right before Christmas, Saturday night game. Rams were in that game. Rams had an early lead. Uh, they ended up falling at the end of the game. What was that? 34-31, I want to say. 33-30. I know that the Niners won with the last second field goal. Russ Wilson, while he did struggle, they won the game the first time around in overtime. i actually shocked that did not end in a tie. If you looked at Russell Wilson the second time around, his numbers went up. I expect a little bit of that from Aaron Rodgers the first time around. Rodgers, 20 of 33, 104 yards. I mean, this this is unreal. 3.2 average. They averaged, what was it, 2.9 yards per play. This was just ugly. Richard Sherman... Had his way with Devontae Adams. I know that Devontae Adams here went 7 for 43 I saw a stat earlier this week that when Sherman was on Adams, I think the stats were like he held him to like one catch for seven yards. So he didn't do anything in this game. Jimmy Graham, one catch, seven yards. I mean, the Packers didn't do anything in this game. I talked about, and I've talked about the Packers script at nauseam about how good it is. That's why I was on the Packers' first quarter last week. I was actually on the Packers' first quarter in this game. The thought process was Packers coming off a bye. Boy, genius Lafleur. He would come out with a with a really solid game plan at least in the first quarter, like he always does. There was none of that. the The Packers, if I remember correctly, they had um, they arrived late. I don't know if there was some some stay trouble, some plane trouble, something of that nature. Um, and it just never happened. It never happened. I mean, there's a narrative about Rogers can't go out to California. He's got his whole family issues out there. He struggled against the Chargers. They got their asses kicked. and Then they got their asses kicked, you know, a couple of weeks later against the Niners. <clears throat> um, you can go with that narrative. I mean, if that plays in for you, go for it. That's not really going to affect my handicap that much at all. Um, but what I will say is that the Packers, instead of uh, flying out early. They flew out. I think they're flying out on Saturday. So they're flying out on Saturday, really cutting it close with some of the shitty weather that's been going on. I know that I looked up last night and in Chicago, Green Bay it was snowing pretty well, so that'll move out, but they're not going to arrive until the day before they had a light practice this week. They want everybody to be quote unquote fresh. LaFleur doesn't have a week to game plan in this case. The Niners are coming off a long week. I mean, they're going to have eight days rest. They had a bye week before that. They've been uh, not locked into the number one seed. They did have to fight for that number one seed. But they've they've had it pretty good, whereas the Packers, you know, they, they had that hard-fought game last week, short week. They're, they're staying until the end here. I've just been looking for ways that the Packers, you know, win this game. And, and what the Packers do is that, They can run the ball. You can run the ball a little bit on San Fran, but San Fran didn't let up anything last week on the ground. I mean, the way to beat San Fran and what I've heard and read and actually seen in terms of visuals also is you have to beat them on the edge. I don't know if they're going to beat them on the edge. I mean, Aaron Jones can run a little bit. Last time him and Williams looks like Jones 2.9 per carry for 38 yards. Williams 4.1 a carry. I mean, they had a bye week going in. Uh, San Fran's getting healthier. D Ford came back last week. They've gotten healthier up front. They had two weeks of rest going into that game. They look awesome, and they're going to have eight days of rest here. I just am struggling to see where the Packers attack the Niners, how they're going to score their points. Maybe Lafleur does come up with a, a solid script, and maybe they they learn from their mistakes. They find out and they figure out ways to attack them on the edge. I know that the pass block win rate for the Packers is solid, but the Niners, the Niners uh, in terms of adjusted sack rate, what their first or second, they might've dropped down to second late in the year. I also might've made that up. It's five 45 in the morning, but they rush for, they drop people in coverage. And guess what? That's why Rodgers had so much damn six or lack of success. Why he had so much struggles last time around. I mean, he wasn't able to force the ball anywhere. And that's the thing about Rodgers also. He doesn't take chances unless it's a free play and he'll bomb the ball downfield or if it's at the end of the half and he needs to put up a Hail Mary. Funny story about that that I'll probably save. But my uh, – actually, I won't save because I've got a couple more minutes here. But first two nights that I was in Milwaukee, I was actually interviewing for a job and then I ended up ultimately moving there for a job. The night before, as soon as I arrived into Milwaukee – was when the Packers and Rodgers threw a Hail Mary pass to beat the Lions on a Thursday night. Then my next time, the very next night that I was there, second-ever night in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, negative 5 degrees in January, uh, Rodgers had a Hail Mary pass <laughs> completed to, who was it at the end of that game? It was Packers-Cardinals playoff game. Completed a Hail Mary to force OT. The ultimately lost. on my first day at work was uh, dealing with, Some uh, Milwaukee people and fans grieving over not only was it negative 10 degrees on my first day of work, it it was just ass cold, but a, a Packers playoff loss. So first two nights I was ever in Milwaukee um, I saw that happen and then he actually completed another Hail Mary pass in the next playoff game that I ended up selling my playoff tickets for uh, 30 cents on the dollar. I think I've told that story before that I uh, had playoff tickets. I was living in Green Bay, was going to go to Lambo's again, negative five degrees. And my wife was like, fuck that. I'm not uh, standing outside with that. I don't even care about the fucking Packers and uh, threw another Hail Mary. So maybe we see that and maybe that's how they get their points here, but Bottom line, I'm just struggling to see how they get this done. Um, I have bet Niners minus seven. I have not bet the first half because I know that the Packers, the Packers may key in on what didn't work last time and and work that into their script. I do believe in LaFleur's script and boy genius and what he can do early. I'm not going to take the first half, but let's take a look at what happens after that first quarter. And I think that, If the Packers have success in the first quarter, you can attribute it to the script and maybe take a live line on the Niners at a a lesser price. Maybe you can even get three and a half, four if the Packers go up early and look good in the first quarter. And on the other side, if the Packers don't look good in the first quarter, then I think I'd still take the Niners live line and take a look at that price because we've seen, we've shown didn't figure out what word to say there we've seen that um, LaFleur adjusts in game and Kyle Shanahan one of the best things that he does in game is adjust the third quarter numbers third quarter numbers that's first quarter I had a third quarter stat San Francisco second in the NFL in points per game 7.2 points only team better New Orleans 7.6 Payton I would have liked to see the, the Saints go further. That didn't happen, but um, he adjusts very well at halftime. Tennessee actually at 6.9 in the third quarter. That's that's pretty interesting, followed by KC. So all of these teams that we'll talk about here are are uh, towards the top in the uh, third quarter. So um, what I'd say here is San Fran, yes. Um, I would look at Aaron Rodgers under pass yards. He went for 104 last time. I could see him doubling that in this game and then figuring out ways to get the ball to Jimmy Graham a little bit more. His passing prop, I see at 239 and a half. There may even be some books where that number is even a little bit higher. So I would take a look at that. Take a look at playing that. I am not going to recommend anything in terms of San Fran rushing unless it's like a rushing touchdown prop. Like if you want to get a big number on like use check for first TD, maybe Kyle Shanahan works that into his script or they get to the one yard line, pound him in. Most dirt, I mean there's so many guys that can run the ball. Sometimes they'll do you know runs and like end arounds with Debo. You could, you know, take a look at that. I'm not gonna recommend anything there, but gotta take a drink of water. You know, it's too early here. Coffee is done, so I definitely need water after going off for you know 15 minutes straight. So I'm saying Niners, I'm thinking somewhere in the range of 31 17, and 17 might even be too much for the Packers. Take a look at Packers team total under Likely not going to be a play that I make, but I think it's one of those games the Niners get their points, not going to make a recommendation on the over-under. I think I saw 48, 47.5. That seems about right. Niners, I think, get their points and move on to the Super Bowl. So, And as always, I'll post, and something I wasn't great about last week because I gave most of the picks on the podcast, I posted some picks on Twitter at wager underscore rager. DUI's got a ton of UFC action. I'm going to let him have UFC have the floor on Saturday for that because the Conor McGregor fight is just a big deal. Uh, But I'm going to post my plays there. Also, my personal Twitter, at Sir Wager Rager. And when you follow it, you'll see D-Nice. You'll see a picture of me uh, with a rose in my mouth. I don't know why I was doing that. Actually, I do know. I was... uh, like two bottles of wine deep at some winery in southern Jersey. The beautiful south of Jersey. <clears throat> so, San Fran going to move on. Uh, hard to make a case for the Packers. Let's move on before I need to move on and up to Manhattan. I'm gonna keep this one brief because I've held out on this game. Tennessee and KC. I know that I've gone against Tennessee the past two weeks. My playoff, my playoff run, my playoff profit would actually look pretty damn good. My playoff record would look pretty damn good if I didn't go against the Titans. And I'm going to look back in the offseason, take a look at what happened, take a look at maybe what I did right, what I did wrong. In the case of the Patriots, I think I expected them to have more success um, in the air when Tom Brady didn't have people to throw to, and we've seen that they've struggled to move the ball. And then last week, I don't think anybody saw the Ravens Uh, I guess we'll call it flat on their face. Did they, though? They put up 500-some yards. What they did fall flat on their face on was seven times they handed the ball over to Tennessee, three with actual turnovers, and then four turnover on downs, 0 for 4 on fourth down, including some awful, god-awful fourth down conversions. This game, (laughs) at the start of the week, because I'd like to take you through what I was doing. I'm going to do this in five minutes or less. This game... At first glance, I said KC minus 7. That seems like a layup. The look-ahead lines, I think, were KC minus 10, so it has adjusted for Derrick Henry looking awesome. I'm not going to read anything into Ryan Tannehill not having over 100 yards lately because guess what? He hasn't had to throw the ball because Derrick Henry's been that dominant. I said, you know what? Kansas City putting up 51. um, I mean, how are they going to put up any less than 35 against Tennessee? And that may be true, you know, as you dig into it more, Tennessee, I've said that they have the worst secondary of any NFL team in the playoffs might need to rethink that a little bit. They do hunker down. If you go back to last week's podcast, I think I shared some stats about their third down pass success rate, third and fourth down. They rank top 10 in the NFL on first and second down. I think they're like 27th and 28th. Clearly the Ravens and the Patriots struggle to move the ball in first and second down. I think that Kansas City finds a way to do that. I think that Kansas City, Andy Reid, um, being what's interesting about Reid is we call all these guys geniuses now, like all these young geniuses, analytics. Andy Reid's been doing this shit since, what, twenty, twenty-one years ago, 99, 2000. He started with uh, McNabb and even before that. Doug Peterson was the uh, quarterback, I believe, if I'm not making that up. Doug Peterson, year one with Andy Reid. I mean, they didn't look good until McNabb came in, but he's been doing this for a while, like before advanced stats were out there, before the Internet really took off. I mean, Al Gore created the Internet a few years prior, but I mean, this guy's been doing it forever. And what I'm trying to say here is that I think that they're going to have success on first and second out for whatever reason. Tennessee buttons it up on third and fourth down. They look good. Tennessee, something else that I also expect to regress a little bit, their red zone touchdown percentage is out of this world. They are 78%. 78% of all drives into the red zone end with a touchdown. Second is actually Green Bay at 66, which is an awesome number. Baltimore was number two at 64%. I mean, 78% is an unreal number Um, to put it in perspective, The median of this would be 58%, Cleveland and Carolina right there in the middle. Uh, For anybody wondering, the worst success rate, the worst touchdown rate in the red zone, Pittsburgh at 35%. I can tell you that's because their quarterbacks were just fucking terrible with Duck and Mason and Big Ben wasn't available. So that's going to regress eventually, right? The part that um, concerns me, the part that concerns me, and, and I have... My finger on the trigger for a KC first half. So it's it's not concerning me that much, right? Because I think that they're going to be able to, you know, have their first and second downs grade successful overall to the point that they don't need to worry about, you know, any lack of of third down conversion rate. The part that worries me is I know that KC is going to, similar to what the Patriots did, is that they're going to say, okay, we'll give Derrick Henry the yards. And that's something that I'll probably end up uh, having in my account. Derrick Henry over 109 rush yards. I mean, he's gone for, what, 180, 200 the past couple weeks. He's going to barrel through people. I didn't expect him to be as successful last week, but guess what? They went up 14-0, and that was it. Uh, Kansas City won't be able to go down 24-0 in this game and come back because you can't stop that battering ram that is Derrick Henry. Um, The part that concerns me is just that everybody – is sort of writing off Tennessee and saying, you know what? And by everybody, maybe it's more of the numbers guys. Some of the the narrative and the they never believe in us guys are on Tennessee. They they play a boring brand of football. What concerns me a little bit here is that if they can see the yards of Derrick Henry, <clears throat> the KC, KC defenses look good. They did give up some early uh, yards to Watson last week. Their secondary has – did end up in the top five in the nfl so that i thought was pretty interesting what concerns me is that if they get derrick henry going early if they run a little bit of play action we've seen how successful tennessee can be with their play action um Tannehill, i think could end up having more than 100 yards in this game and and if tennessee gets up early if there 's any kind of a slow start, and i don 't think that kc 's going to have as slow as a start, well they can 't have as slow of a start, but even if they have half of slow as slow of a start if it 's fourteen nothing seventeen nothing seventeen three you 're in trouble. But what concerns me is that with with laying seven seven and a half some books even protecting themselves against teasers are at nine, five dimes was at nine. What concerns me in covering this number is that Tennessee has done it, right? Tennessee, this is going to be their fourth week in a row against a division winner. They keep on winning the first time around. The box score of this game looked very similar to what they did the past couple weeks. Tannehill actually got his yards, 181 yards. But Derrick Henry, 23 carries, 188 yards. He shredded that defense. Mahomes, I know he's coming back his first game from injury. He looked fine, 446 yards passing, three touchdowns. The KC Chiefs outgained, what was it, 520 to 370. Titans did move the ball a little bit. Titans, uh, late game, you know, it was third and 17. They ended up not converting. And then KC went three and out. Titans used their timeouts. There was a blocked, what, blocked kick, blocked field goal. Things went in their favor. I mean, the uh, KC, I think, projected probability of winning was up in, like, the 90-some percent range late in the game. And they ended up... uh, you know not not converting in that game, but this this whole box score looks eerily similar to what has happened the past two weeks against the Patriots and against the Ravens, and at some point, I don't think you can call it luck at some point, you have to say, okay, what they're doing is actually working, especially if they can go up early We've seen k c start slow, and I know they're not going to start as slow as last week, and after putting up fifty one in what under three quarters. I think they're going to be pretty damn motivated in this game to come out hot, but you just never know. And and the Titans have buttoned up more on defense with laying this number. It just seems like a big number given what Tennessee is doing. I can't see a scenario where Tennessee wins this game, but I could see a scenario where it ends up being closer than we want it to be, where it ends up being... 27-20, um, 31-24 would lead it going over. And the over-under in this game, by the way, should have mentioned this already, it's 53. It seems a tick high, but with Kansas City's firepower, they're, they're able to put up those numbers. But if Tennessee is able to go up or hang in this game at all early, that plays to the under and that plays to Tennessee. So if you're looking for a Tennessee play, if you're into teasers, You could tease Tennessee up to 14, and you could tease the under, even down to, well, you could get that up to 59, 60. I don't see there being that many points in this game. So I'm probably not going to do that. I'm still looking for angles in this game. I ultimately think that Kansas City is going to have success early and often. I ultimately think that there's a mismatch here, and I ultimately am likely (laughs) going to end up with KC first half in my account at minus four. But that was my 10 minute tiptoe around this game saying, at first glance, it looks like KC takes care of business, blows him out. But I think we just need to look at what Tennessee has done. Um, interesting fact also Tyreek Hill's last game over, what is it, 73, 74 yards, it might be 70 flat, was against Tennessee, 11 catches, 157 yards against this awful Titans secondary. I may be looking for something like that again to go hill over for the first time in a while. One of my buddies out in California, if you're looking for really home run props, um, something that could be interesting also, A.J. Brown, to have the most receiving yards on the weekend, he only had one catch for 17 yards. But if you're on the Tennessee angle, if you're looking for Tennessee, A.J. Brown... Was it, uh, he listed it here, 12.5 to 1. I think it was plus 1230, plus 1250 for him to have the most pa- or passing, most receiving yards of any player this weekend. That'll be really interesting. So that was me tiptoeing around it there. I'm going to play some of these props. I do like props, especially in the championship games. Um, last turn on in terms of having more than one NFL game in a day. Enjoy it. Enjoy UFC. I'm gonna enjoy Manhattan tonight. I'm gonna to be pivoting and moving on into more hockey, which I know is boring. We probably won't have a lot of hockey content on here, but NBA. We're gonna get into some futures talk of that in the coming weeks. College basketball, I've got some guys that are knowledgeable in that. I'm I'm studying up a little bit. I'm actually going to a college basketball game today. St. John's probably play St. John's plus five. Maybe the spread will even climb a little bit more. St. John's at home at noon. seen Hall coming off of a nice win. Um, maybe a letdown spot for them. So St. John's plus five, I need to get my ass in gear and moving here. Um, if this was all over the place, my apologies, but it was bright and early coffee probably hasn't taken effect here as always, uh, follow along, subscribe, give a like thumbs up rating and reviewing. If you have an extra, you know, one minute in your life, that goes a long way in terms of it appearing in in searches and on Apple podcasts and and an overcast and all that good stuff. So if you're able to do that, great. Um, As we get along into Super Bowl week, we'll have plenty of content. I think we're gonna have some new voices coming on here. Just uh, some, some contacts that I have and some, uh, some friends of mine uh, might even have some tennis action, someone coming on for tennis as well. So working on plenty of things here at wager rager. Hope you're enjoying the content. Thank you for listening. Follow along with the picks. I'll post those tomorrow. And, uh, Enjoy your weekend and happy betting. You listen to this to stop lighting money on fire, so let's not light any money on fire this weekend. Take it easy, everyone.